Welcome and thanks for joining us for this week's encouraging and faith-building message from C3 Topol. For more information about C3 Topol, visit our website c3churchtopol.org.nz. Now for this week's message. We can grab a seat this morning. Good morning, church. So wonderful to have you here on Father's Day. And if you are a father or if you're a father-to-be, well, we're so pleased that you're here this morning. And, uh, you know, we know that you're, you're the good-looking half of your children. So, uh, well done. Thank you, Renee. So it's good to know the drummer's listening. And a uh, massive congratulations to Ted and Emma. Here they are. Yeah, they're engaged. That's why everywhere. So here we go. Congratulations on your engagement Friday. Um, During the day, Ted whisked uh, Emma out of town to a romantic location where they, you know, had a fabulous day together and the end result being he put a ring on it. Good man. So uh, met in church. So excited for you guys to honor both of you as individuals. We are we know there's, uh, you know, everyone has a story, and your guys' story being woven together is going to be something spectacular that uh, we celebrate and we honor, and we cannot wait to see all that God has in store for you guys together. So congratulations. But um, here we are on Father's Day, and I've just got a message uh, for, it's for everyone today, but it's a message for the dads and, and for the men of the house and it's coming out of the book of 1 Samuel in the Bible. And you'll, most of you will be familiar with this story. If you're not, you can read it uh, later on in the day when your family's giving you all that free time to relax and just enjoy whatever you want to do. Uh, but it's the, it's the story of David and Goliath. And I know this much about you, and I know this much about me and about God, is that He wants you to kill the giants that are put in front of you. That every problem is a possibility to God. A problem is not in front of you to beat you. A problem is in front of you so you can beat it. And a problem is an opportunity from God to you for you to find out the giant killer that is lying dormant within. So we're going to talk this morning around this passage. And I've just titled this message, Six Things You Have to Get Up From to Become a Giant Killer. This isn't the only six things. This could have been a hundred things. But I've just out of this passage of Scripture, six things that I believe every man, every father, every dad, every, every grandfather needs to get up from to kill the giant that is in front of you. So we're going to read some Scripture today, and um, I'm just going to bring some points out of it to encourage you in the role that you have as a man and as a father. And I will just... Uh, I won't, it's a, it's a whole chapter, so I'll just jump in and out of it. But the story is this, there's the Israelites and the Philistines, and they are at war. Two nations go in a battle, and they're camped on either side of a valley. One nation, one army, represented on this hillside, the Israelites. One army and another nation represented on this side of the valley, the Philistines. And in between them, there is a low place. There is a battlefield. And every day they would come out and they would draw up their battle lines. They would come 
down from the encampment and they would face one another. And every day they drew their battle lines, the Philistines would send out their champion, Goliath. They would send out their big guy, their biggest guy, nine foot six tall, 150 pounds of chain mail armor draped over him. His, his, the shaft of his spear was made of bronze. Do you know how heavy bronze is? They were, and you'd throw it. And every day this giant would march out before them and he would make this challenge to, to the Israelite people. Send out your champion. And if your champion beats me, we will be in submission to Israel. But if I be your champion, then the armies of Israel will be in submission to me and to the armies of the Philistines. And not was he, he wasn't just saying that you will be in submission to me. He, what he was saying is, if I beat your champion, if I beat the person that you send out, your children are going to be in submission to me. Your wives are going to be in submission to me. Your land is going to be in submission to me. Everything you own is going to be in submission to me because if Goliath could take the men's submission, he took everything else submission with them. And the battle is not just, and this message is just not about you fighting your giant. And this is not a specific giant. Every one of us will have different obstacles. Every one of us will have different problems and, and, and things that, that battle up against us in our life. But this is not about you beating your giant for yourself. This is about you beating your giant for a nation. For a family, for a child, for a son, for a daughter. And that as men of God, we are called to beat the giants in our lives because they're not fighting for ourselves. We're fighting for those that we represent. And when that giant said, send forth your best warrior, and if I beat him, I will rule over your armies. I will also rule over everything that you represent. I will rule over your children. I will rule over your finances. I will rule over your land. I will rule over everything. that. And this was the command that, that the giant, the opposition, the enemy, the devil was giving to the people of God. And they were all freaking out. And then there's this young boy, David. He is at home looking after his father's sheep. And three of his brothers are recruited in the army. They're out at, you know, drawing up battle lines. And Jesse, the father of David and these other boys, says to him, David, come in from the, from the field and, and I want you to, to deliver some pizza. I want you to take, you know, a McDonald's share box to your brothers out on the battlefield. I want you to take them some bread and some cheese. And I want you to check on what's happening, and I want you to then come back and tell me what's going on. So it says that early in the morning, David got up and he went and he left behind his father's household. And he took this care package, this little, you know, his lunchbox and his, on his mule or his donkey or whatever he had. And he went off, set off to the place of war that his brothers were at, and he gets there, and, and he sees this giant come out, and he's like, who is this guy? And they're like, well, he's the champion of the enemy. 
And he's like, why aren't you beating him? Why aren't you taking this guy down? And, oh, well, you know, well, who do you think you are, they say. Who, who do you, you don't even, who do you, his brothers say to him, who do you think you are? Why are you even speaking here, David? You're not enlisted in the army. You're not a soldier. This is, this is none of your business. And he's like, what will be done for the man that beats this giant? You've got to fix your eyes on the promise, not the problem. What will be done for the man? Well, he'll be given the king's daughter. He'll be given free taxes for the rest of his life, and every hand should have gone up in that moment. Send me, I'll go. I'll go tax-free in Jesus' name. I'll put it all on the line, you know, for, for the government off my back. And, and so here we go. But we're going to six things, and we know that David, he went out, and then he killed that giant with his stone and a sling. No armor, no sword, no shield, just that which he had in his hand, his sling and some stones, and he slayed that giant. So here we go, six things that you have to get up from to be a giant killer. The first one is this, you need to get up from being unsubmitted. To become a giant killer, as a man, you need to get up from being unsubmitted. You need to get over your unsubmitted attitude and unsubmitted spirit because you'll never kill a giant if you're not submitted. David, when he was sent by his father to send cheese and bread to his brothers, had already been anointed king of Israel. The prophet had already visited his home in front of his entire family. He had poured out the oil on this young boy, David, and said, this is the next king of Israel. And he's, a, he's, he's looking after his father's sheep in the back blocks of the king country while his brothers are on the battlefield. And then his father says to him, go and take your brothers some bread and some cheese. He was submitted to that which God had put over him. Jensen Franklin says this, unless you get under what God wants to put over you, you'll never get over what God wants to put under you. Unless you get under that which God wants to put over you, you'll never get over that which God wants to put under you. Unless you submit yourself under God's mighty hand that He may raise you up. And we think an unsubmitted spirit is a thing to be proud about. No one rules over me. I'm my own man. I'm my, I've, I've got it all. I don't need help. You need help. You need camaraderie. You need iron sharpening iron. You need one helping another. Like when you take your wife shopping, you spend hours waiting for her in the mall while she goes from shop to shop to shop to find the outfit hour after hour, shop after shop to find what? The outfit that makes her look the best. Does this make my bum look like it should? Does this look my waist look like it should? Does this make my ankles look like it should? Does this, is this the right color? And on and on it goes. They're trying to find the outfit that makes them look the best. An unsubmitted spirit shops around for the opinion that makes them look the best. They will jump from friendship to friendship, advice to advice, opinion to opinion to, to find the, the advice or the opinion that makes them look the best. That's what an unsubmitted spirit does. Where Proverbs tell us that wounds from a friend can be trusted. When you submit yourself to the right voices, to the right people, they will bring out the giant killer that is within you. You can't be a nomadic Christian. The Lone Ranger Christian, that doesn't exist in the Bible. That's not a calling to go alone and go, go solo through life. 
We're called to do life together. So first thing, if you want to be a, a giant killer, you need to get up and get over. You've been unsubmitted. No one can tell me what to do. I'm my own man. I make my own rules. I run my own house. No, get submitted and watch that God do something through your life that otherwise would never happen. Second thing is, is that uh, to be a giant slayer, you got to get up from your bed. Verse 20, it says, Early in the morning, David left the flock in his care, loaded up, and he set out. Pastor Phil says this, either get up early with God or stay up late with the devil, but you can't do both. And as men, to be giant killers, we need to be men who know how to get up in the morning and seek God, who know how to get out of bed half an hour earlier, maybe an hour earlier, and seek God for our families, seek God for ourselves, pray and pursue relationship with the Holy Spirit. Psalm 119 says, I rise before dawn and I cry out for help. Not in a crisis. It doesn't say I arise in a crisis. It doesn't say I arise when I'm in trouble. It doesn't say I arise when I'm desperate. Or I arise, it says I arise before dawn because it speaks of discipline. Every morning, Jesus would get up and he'd go up the mountain and spend time with God. If you want to be a giant killer, you need to be able to get out of bed. If you want to feed your family spiritually, if you want to feed your wife spiritually, if you want to be the man, the woman of your dreams wants to marry, you need to be able to get out of bed in the morning. Not sleeping in until 9 or 10 o'clock and letting your wife wake you up. You'll have kids soon and they'll do it for you. But you're going to be in a far better mood if you're waking yourself up rather than being woken up by your children. Trust me, I've got five of them. I'm in a far better mood if I'm getting out of bed from my own free will rather than jumped on by my children in the midst of sleep. I'm just preaching you truth this morning. If you want to get a spiritual victory in your life, you need, know, you need to know how to get up out of bed and pursue it and cry out to God for your children. Cry out to God for your finances. Cry out to God for your businesses. If you want to be a giant killer, you need to know how to get out of bed. You need to know how to get up from discouragement. Not everyone's going to be on your team. Not everyone's going to believe in your great idea. Not everyone's going to believe in you full stop. You need to know how to get up from discouragement. In verse 28, it says, Why have you come down here, David? What you, his brothers scolded him. You, they said, well, Why have you left those few meager sheep? Like he was running a, a big operation. Why have you left those few? You're nobody, David. You're, you're just, you just come, they said, you've just come down here to, you've just been nosy. You've just come down here to cause trouble. You've just come down here to rub a neck at what's got. You've just come down here to see what the real men are doing while you're looking after these few meager sheep. But you need to get up from discouragement this morning. Some of you are sitting down because things haven't gone your way. People haven't encouraged you. Things haven't worked out. Don't sit in discouragement. Get up out of it. You need to get up out of discouragement. Don't listen to the voice of the naysayers or the critics or the faithless. Listen to the voice of God. David, later on in the same book, sat totally despondent. Like, you've probably never had a day this bad. David was greatly distressed. Yeah, they'd just come back from battle. 
because the men were take, talking of stoning him. These are his warriors. Each one was bitter in spirit because his sons and daughters had been taken. But it says this, but David found strength in his God. You got to find inner resolve whenever the world's against you or opinions against you. You're feeling discouraged like it's not working out. You're about to find that inner resolve to strengthen yourself in the Lord. You know your God, you've risen early in the morning with Him. You know His voice and you allow the strength and the breath of the Holy Spirit to breathe into you. A giant killer rises up out of discouragement. You don't settle for the naysayers and the, and the failure is not fatal unless you choose it to be. Just get up and get going again. For a giant slayer gets up from comparison. You'll never become the true version of yourself while you're being the fake version of someone else. You'll never become the true version of yourself while you're pretending to be the fake version of someone else. And David comes before Saul and says, I'm going to fight this guy. So Saul puts all of his armor on him and puts his sword in his hand and he's like, I can't be this guy. This is not who I am. And don't long for what someone else has. Don't long for what someone else wears. Don't long for what someone else drives. Don't long for where someone else lives. Certainly don't long for someone else's wife or someone else's family. Don't live. You've got to rise up out of comparison and live in the contentment of who God has made you to be and what God has given you right in this day. Yes, have a dream. Yes, Yes, have a vision. Yes, go after it. But don't go after what God has given to someone else. It's called covetousness. It's one of the Ten Commandments. Thou shalt not covet. Don't long for someone at the bread off someone else's table. Don't long for the bed of someone else. If you don't like yours, remake it. If you don't like the pillow you sleep on, you got to write, don't, a, a giant slayer gets up out of comparison. It'll rob you. Number five, I'm finishing real quick because we're out of time. Number five is this, a giant slayer gets up from the river. The battle was in the valley. The giant was in the valley. The problem was in the valley. The opposition was in the valley. But so was the river. Streams don't flow on mountaintops. They flow in valleys. I'm not much much of a bushwalker or an outdoorsman. But I do know this. If you keep walking down a hill, you'll find a stream. And if you follow that stream, you'll find a way out of the problem you're stuck in. Don't quote me on that, but I'd trust it. But if you, if you go down to the low place, you will find a stream. And that stream will flow to a river. And more often than not, that river will flow to a place where you're going to find help. And you see, at the very point of the problem, there's also a stream. And it says that when David went down to face the giant, when David came down from the encampment, when David came down from the battle lines, when David came down and that big old giant, nine foot six giant walked down to meet this ruddy little shepherd boy in the valley, it says that he stopped at the stream and he took out five stones. That there is provision for you in the valley. That there is provision for you even in the most difficult times, that there is provision for you, even in the face of opposition, in the face of your enemy, in the face of a giant. God said, even though you walk through the valley, 
you shall fear no evil. Why? Because the presence of God is with you and the river always represents the presence. And before David went to the giant, he stooped down and he got out of God's presence the very thing he was going to use to kill that giant. A giant killer rises out of the presence of God. A giant killer finds their their resource, their provision, their power, not in the sword of the king, not in the armor of someone else, not in the opinion of friends, not in in whether I'm being encouraged or disencouraged. They don't find their, their power in comparing themselves to, am I better than the other person? No, no, they, they find their provision and their power in the presence of God. And out of, that, out of that little stream, he just took five smooth stones. And um, a giant killer rises from the presence of God. They get up out of the presence. David had skill, he had gifting, he had calling, he had anointing. But he got his stones that killed Goliath from the stream in the valley. There's provision. There's a stream from the presence of God that as a man and as a son of God, He wants to resource you with, empower you with, and equip you with. And the final point is this. A giant killer keeps getting up. A giant killer keeps getting up. The giant killer keeps getting up. David took five stones out of that river. I'm not entirely sure why, but I think it was this, because he was, whether he won or lost, he was going to go down swinging. He wasn't just going to take one stone and be like, oh, well, I tried. You know, I, that was more than the other guys did. No one else would even face him, but I had a stone and I swung it and I missed or it bounced off or I injured the giant. I think this was the spirit of David. No matter what happens, I'm going down swinging. I will not quit in the face of the opposition. Whether I live or die, that is up to God. But I will not die running from the problem. I will die running toward the problem. I will not quit. Five stones, not one, not I'll have a shot, not two, I've got a backup plan. Not third time lucky, not, you know, well, fourth, five stones. He was like, I'm going to go, if I'm going to go down, it is going to be in a spectacular fashion. If I go down, it is going to be guns blazing. It is going to be fireworks. It is going to be yelling. I'm not going to go quietly. I'm not going to go easily. I'm going to do all that I can to beat this giant. But even if I don't beat this giant, I'm going to go down swinging because giant killers don't quit. They keep on swinging. Let me pray for you. Thank you for joining us for this week's podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. Have a blessed week.